Welcome to the PRBI Insider presented by PR Boutiques International. The very best PR results require tailored strategies and individual attention. Effective techniques vary considerably from market to market and culture to culture. So when we create a program, rather than laying out prescribed solutions lacking in freshness and vitality, we start with careful consideration of our clients' objectives and plan a creative roadmap. Welcome to part two of the PRBI Insider Podcast on Fake News. This is Joy Scott, your host, PRBI past president and owner of Scott Public Relations, a company that specializes in healthcare, insurance, and technology. In part one, you heard our two expert guests describe what fake news is and the legal implications of originating and spreading inaccurate information masquerading as news. In part two, we're going to investigate what can be done to combat fake news. In case you haven't listened to part one, I want to introduce our distinguished guests. Lucy Siegel is the principal of communications consulting firm, Lucy Siegel, LLC. She specializes in helping both startups and overseas-based companies build their visibility in the U.S. market. She also advises clients on their communication strategies and needs, and help them find the resources they need to carry out their PR programs. Lucy had an early grounding in journalism and corporate communications before she entered the PR agency world. Her many years of communications experience include founding, running, and then selling two different agencies in the New York City market. You can learn more about her at her website, lucysiegel.com. Amy Rotenberg is the founder and president of Rotenberg Associates, a crisis management firm in Washington, D.C. Amy combines nearly two decades of experience in crisis communications with 10 years as a First Amendment media lawyer and trial attorney. She provides strategic counsel and crisis communications to clients facing high-stakes publicity. In connection with federal and state litigation, government investigations, product recalls, employee malfeasance, media probes, mergers and acquisitions, and IPOs and spinoffs. Amy has extensive experience working with clients in healthcare, higher education, food, financial services, professional sports, nonprofits, and the news media. She has spoken extensively on the subject of fake news. You can learn more about Amy at www.rotenberg, R-O-T-E-N-B-E-R-G, A-S-S, oc.com. What about false statements that influence people to believe things that are not true and that may in fact be harmful to themselves or others? There are a lot of these ideas that can quickly reach billions of people. How do we need to temper free speech with accountability? Well, free speech is the hallmark of our American democracy. We fight for it and countries around the world envy us for it. Accountability is very important, and that's why we have defamation laws. We have engagement policies and guidelines on social media platforms, et cetera. The law is certainly way behind the technologies. So we're going to really have to see how the courts address these concerns in the coming months and years. You know, the spreading of misinformation isn't new. It's been around since the beginning of time. What is new is the technologies and the access of people to the technologies, which is what makes the spreading of the disinformation so dangerous at this point. And, you know, these are questions we're going to continue to wrestle with and and the courts are going to wrestle with and we're going to see some, I believe, evolution 
in the legal system's way of addressing these issues in the coming months and years. Yeah, I'd like to add a quick remark, and that is, as Amy said before, there are exceptions to free speech, such as inciting violence or the thing that people have said for so many years, you can't shout fire in a crowded room. There are limits to what can be said. And so it'll be interesting to see how the courts draw the line. So let's turn to the role of communications professionals in a fake news society. Lucy, can you comment on how PR people might sometimes play a role in perpetuating fake news and how that might happen? Well, indeed, it might happen. Usually it's unintentional. It happens when PR people use information that they're given without questioning it, thinking that it's true, generally. It has been known to happen intentionally, though, when PR people spread disinformation, knowing that it's not true, but under pressure to help a client. Deliberately spreading lies is a serious violation of PR ethics. Sometimes people need to just be detectives and not accept everything they're told by their companies or their clients without questioning it. It's understandable but not right that overzealous executives or marketing departments sometimes exaggerate when they brief the PR department or the agency. For example, telling them that a product is unique and the first of its kind or that the company is the only one to have achieved a particular milestone. We as PR people can and should do some online research to see if the company's claims are true. And these days, you certainly can find out an awful lot on the internet. And if research shows that you've been given inaccurate information, then it's the PR professional's responsibility to go back to the source and let them know that They've discovered that XYZ is not true and therefore can't be communicated. Sometimes when a company briefs a PR agency, they deliberately don't reveal negative information, thinking that, well, if if the agency doesn't know these negative things, then they can't say them to anybody else and the media won't know them either. However, it's the job of PR professionals to frame their clients' stories both truthfully and in a way that will best serve the client. So when a PR agency starts to work with a new client, the first thing the agency should do is really stress to the client that the information that they're giving you is confidential job if it knows all the facts. So when an agency unknowingly communicates fake news, it really puts them in a terrible position. They can lose credibility, with the media and other audiences. As to companies that are victims of fake news, how to handle communications really varies according to the situation. Thanks, Lucy. So let's now talk about what some of those tactics may be to effectively stop fake news from spreading. Well, I agree with Lucy. It depends, of course, upon the specific circumstances. There's no one-size-fits-all approach to this. But typically, my strategy is first to try to stop mainstream media and thought leaders from picking up and amplifying fake news. If it's presented on social media and very few people are looking at it and the mainstream media don't pick it up, then it's really not that big of a deal. And I often advise my clients just to leave it alone. But the key is to try to prevent the more mainstream media and other thought leaders from grabbing it. 
And this often involves direct engagement with reporters and if need be their editors and producers to be sure that they understand what facts are proven and what their obligations are to fact check. I do the same thing in terms of contacting thought leaders. Government officials often pick up a little tidbit from social media or from some commentator, and then they try to amplify it. And so in those cases, you have to go right to the government official and say, hey, you got this wrong. You need to correct that. You need to retract that because people are going to believe you because you're an important person. You're a government official. We do that also with sports and entertainment figures. We do that, you know, just recently, the actor Seth Rogen said some very incorrect and offensive things about the state of Israel. And, you know, he was approached and explained, you know, what was incorrect and offensive about his speech. And that's what you would have to do to try to get a person like that who is high profile to clarify, correct, or retract in some cases what they're saying. If the fake news appears to be going viral on social media, the next step would be to engage on social media directly with truthful statements and clarification of facts attributable to reputable and credible sources. And that will provide an anchor against which the false statements can be viewed. This often stops the continued spread of the fake news and commenting on the fake posts once sort of the other side of the story that appears to be credible and verified is presented. Lucy, did you have any comments on these tactics? There's a common view that providing straight facts to people whose beliefs contradict the facts is ineffective. But actually, there was an interesting survey done recently at Cornell a few years ago that showed that about 30% of the people in the group that was being studied changed their opinions when they were provided with contradictory facts. And 30% doesn't sound high, but it certainly is a significant percentage. Therefore, when misinformation is reported in the media, it really pays for the public relations people to push for corrections, as Amy said, when a mistake is made. So one of the things we would, of course, want to do is get false and hateful or violence inciting information that violates the platform's uh, guidelines to be blocked or removed. And PR professionals should be aware of the guidelines and how to do this. Could either one of you comment on what those guidelines are and how to actually go about getting a post removed? Well, What I can say is this, there's a lot of different guidelines and each one of the platforms have different processes for raising a complaint, for escalating the complaint, for getting mediation and all different things. And what I would say, Joy, is I agree with you, PR professionals who are working in this space and trying to protect their clients against attacks from false information need to make themselves familiar with each of those different processes. In uh, Caitlin O'Connor's book, The Misinformation Age, How False Beliefs Spread, she cites research showing that the more often an outrageous claim is repeated, the more it starts to sound as if it's true. So it's really critical to stop the spread of this, even outrageous claims. So we want to talk a little bit about what communicators can do to counteract the phenomenon and also some of the tools that might be available to do so. 
Lucy, would you like to comment on this? Okay, let me start. The first step is to find the source of fake news. And the next step is to educate people by exposing the source. We actually have technology tools that are available to help with that. For example, one of them is called News Whip, and it's used by people in PR and marketing as well as by journalists, and it tracks and predicts the impact of stories. The website for News Whip says they can provide predictions of the engagement of a story almost immediately after it appears, and it can also identify how a story spreads across social media and which influencers are spreading it, which is very helpful to know. The website is newswhip.com. There's a nonprofit group called the Full Fact Foundation, which is developing an automated fact-checking app. Actually, there are two apps. One is called Live and the other is called Trends. And according to the website, the Trends app records every repetition of a claim that they know is wrong, as well as where is it coming from so they can keep track of who is continuously spreading fake news. The other app, the live app, spots claims in TV subtitles and creates fact checks on them. The group's website is fullfact.org. There's also, Google's actually improved its software by building fact checking into search by highlighting information in search results that have been fact checked. Mozilla also has a browser extension that can be added to its Firefox browser that indicates political bias on the page visited, which is a warning to people. Another browser extension that can be used on major browsers and mobile browsers as well is called NewsGuard. NewsGuard's website URL is newsguardtech.com. And according to their website, playing red and green ratings next to news links on search engines and social media feeds. And that includes Google and Bing and Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, etc. And these icons indicate trust or lack of trust. There are detailed ratings that they have for more than 4,000 news websites, which is impressive. They evaluate the news sites for credibility and transparency, and they use nine different criteria. For example, avoidance of deceptive headlines and whether the site regularly corrects errors. Finally, WhatsApp now limits the number of times you can forward a message, which is a great way to discourage the spread of fake news. So technology really does provide hope for fighting fake news and for a more truthful future. I agree with Lucy. These technologies are really helpful, particularly because the viral spread of outrageous claims is mostly related to social media platforms. In addition to finding and educating about the source of the fake news, as Lucy discussed, in many cases, again, it's as important to correct the record with the client's own truthful narrative and factual evidence. Go back to the very platforms where the false information is spreading and assert the truth and find credible influencers who will promote the truthful information on all of the relevant social platforms. And then again, as we already spoke about, false or hateful or violence inciting information that violates the platform's guidelines should be blocked and removed from the platform. And it's incumbent on all PR professionals to really familiarize themselves with these guidelines. Thank you. Usually helpful information. 
let's talk about the future. What do we see happening in the future? Will we wrestle back the proliferation of fake news or will it get worse? Lucy, do you want to comment first? As Amy said before, fake news is really a new name for something that's existed for a long time. For ages, there have been newspapers that deliberately exaggerated and printed gossip as news, which used to be called yellow journalism. The ability to spread fake news so quickly, as Amy also mentioned before, the technology is what's made it such a big problem recently. And there's the ability to use technology to create what are being called deep fakes is really dangerous. Deep fakes can be photos or audio or video that are doctored to put words in people's mouths or to put people together that never were together. In other words, it's to create fake news reports that look like they're real news. And many times the public can't tell the difference. They can't tell that something's been faked. So the future really depends on being able to educate people and also on the technology, but people have to learn to question the source of news to know which news sources are trustworthy and which are not. Deep fake technology is going to continue to get better, but hopefully so will the types of technology that I described earlier to uncover fake news. Because the more sophisticated the fake news is, the more vital education is. I couldn't agree more. And I will say one thing, that while we will continue to face a challenging environment, there is great opportunity now for exceptional journalists to uncover falsities and report the truth, and for public relations professionals to help their clients communicate honestly and effectively and overcome false attacks. We're talking about consumers and the public also taking on the responsibility to become more literate. What can consumers do? People have to learn to question everything they read to decide whether it's credible. They also have to read more widely to research whether something is true or not. For example, if something that you're reading sounds too good to be true or too bad to be true, you'll only find out whether it's true by reading several different trustworthy news sources to see what they have to say. Right. And consumers should look for the source of the information. Is it a known mainstream media provider or something that you've never heard of before? Is it, quote, breaking news, but it's not being reported anywhere else? Or are many media and experts discussing the matter? Is it so spectacular or shocking that it seems hard to believe? For example, I saw just in the last week photos of the Obama family circulating on the internet in which they're all dressed in identical Che Guevara t-shirts. This was obviously photoshopped and there's just not a scenario in which that would have ever happened by a president and his family. And so that's the kind of thing where it's just, it's so hard to believe it's probably not true. I would also say watch for grammatical errors, wrong word choice and misspelling, which often signal that the story might have been created by foreigners or by bots. And finally, refer to fact-checking websites such as Snopes and some of the others that Lucy mentioned. Well, thank you both so much for this enlightening discussion on this important topic, Lucy and Amy. That concludes our discussion today. Watch for additional PRBI podcasts and for more information on PRBI, 
visit prboutiques.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Joy. Thanks, Joy. Thank you for listening to the PRBI Insider featuring members of the PR Boutiques International Association. Never miss an episode. Go to prbiinsider.com and follow us in your favorite podcast app or subscribe via email. Learn more about PRBI at prboutiques.com.